When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That elven legend on Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, means more than you think. Welcome back, Hobbit heads, to our weekly breakdown of Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. The latest episode of Rings of Power sets the stage for an epic battle to unfold over the final episodes of the first season. Between explosive encounters in Numenor and some post-mill political maneuvering, there's a lot to unpack here. Far and away, the biggest revelation revolves around an elven legend that is actually brand new to the lore, the Song of the Roots of the Hathaglir. This particular bit of mythmaking not only has major ramifications for the show, but answers some big questions about what the elves' master plan truly is. We're going to break it all down for you in just a moment, but to do so, we have to spoil what happens. So if you haven't seen the Rings of Power Episode 5 yet and you're worried about that sort of thing, enough with the quail sauce and leave before we get into spoiler territory. Give me the meat and give it to me at all. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? While much digital hay's been made about how the Rings of Power plays fast and loose with certain aspects of Tolkien lore, Episode 5 took things a step further with the introduction of the Song of the Roots of the Hathaglir. This ancient elven tale details a cataclysmic battle between a mighty elven warrior and one of Morgoth's fearsome balrogs over a tree. They each poured the elemental forces of good and evil respectively into the tree, then lightning struck it, imbuing its roots with power, which seeped down into the mountains below. The mountains in question are the Hathaglir, which in the elven language of Sindarin means the Misty Mountains. The result was that it created Mithril. 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 That's the substance that's as pure in light as good, but strong and unyielding as evil. And the elves apparently need this mithril to preserve the light of Valinor, the undying lands from whence they came, which we glimpsed at the start of this series. But if they don't get it, the elves could begin to perish as a blight spreads across the land and corrupts their immortal souls. Now, in Tolkien lore, the magical trees of Valinor, Laurelin, and Telperion provided the essence needed to forge the Silmarils, the magical MacGuffins at the heart of the Silmarillion. With Rings of Power's emphasis on a similarly magical tree, elven crafting, and other titular magical MacGuffins, the question then becomes, what exactly do Gil-Galad and Celebrimbor want with that mithril if they can get their hands on it? Could we see another Silmaril? And who is that mysterious elf warrior in the legend? Well, we have a theory, and if we're right about it, it could create a through line that unites all the major players in the series so far, from Galadriel to Adar and beyond. Now, first and foremost, it's important to understand that this legend is brand new to the lore. So to create a baseline of understanding, let's start with a quick history of the Silmarils, since it seems like they will be important as well. The Silmarils were three jewels created by the legendary elven smith Feanor, whose hammers now wielded by Celebrimbor. The Dark Lord Morgoth managed to get his hands on all three of these Silmarils, and the realms of elves and men responded in kind, culminating in the War of Wrath that we saw at the beginning of this series. And when all was said and done, the Silmarils were spread across three different parts of the world, in the sky, beneath the earth, and within the sea. The hero Eärendil brought his Silmaril across the sea and then into the heavens after the Valar rewarded him for his journey to Valinor. And on the show, we can see a giant statue of Eärendil at Numenor where he wears his Silmaril on his brow. The other two Silmarils were eventually taken by Feanor's sons, Maethros and Maglor, after the War of Wrath. They stole the Silmarils back from the godlike Valar after the Valar recovered the Silmarils from Morgoth. 
The Silmarils burned the hands of Maethros and Maglor when they took them. In the Silmarillion, Maethros was driven mad from the pain and threw himself into a fiery chasm with his Silmaril. Maglor, a certified sad boy, got so upset that he yeeted his Silmaril into the sea and spent the rest of his life wandering the coast and singing sad songs. No one knows if he ever eventually died, so he could technically still be around somewhere. It's also fitting that we've seen the Stranger looking to the stars, the Numenorians placing their implicit trust in the bounty of the sea, and now the Dwarves discovering a miracle metal beneath their ancestral home of Khazad-dûm. But it's important to note that the light this mystery elf puts into the tree is just the light of Valinor and not necessarily that of a Silmaril. This means that the mystery elf would have to have been a Noldor, the race of elves that lived in Valinor before their exile to Middle-earth. Either way, the High Elves and Silmarils both do contain some of the original light of the Trees of Valinor. So who is this mystery elf and why does he matter apart from being able to 1v1 a goddamn Balrog? Well, there were several Noldor historically who fought Balrogs. Feanor fought the Balrog Gothmog and died from his injuries. Thingan was also killed by Gothmog in battle. Ecthelion of the Fountain battled Gothmog and Gondolin were both ultimately drowned. And Glorfindel battled a Balrog while evacuating the elves from Gondolin, but they both fell off a cliff. Which, folks, if we've learned one thing, stay away from Balrogs and definitely stay away from cliffs. They make a very deadly combination. Fly, you fools! Now, last week, we theorized that Adar could be the Dark Elf Ale, or at least a parallel to Ale's story, given the various clues the show gave us about this goth orc daddy. Now, this week, we got a much better look at Adar's armor, which bears a striking similarity to other symbols we see Gil-galad wearing. They both have the same etching of a river, so that means that Adar could be more closely related to the Noldor Elves than we might have first thought. So if Adar isn't Aeol or his weird son Maeglin, who could he be? Well, if he is more closely related to the Noldor, he could be one of the High Princes. But the only one of the High Princes left alive other than Gil-galad could possibly be Maglor, one of Feanor's sons. His mention of a river mouth could be the mouths of Sirion, where he and his brother Maethros kidnapped Elrond and Elros, and then tried to steal the Silmaril from Ayarendil and his wife Elwing. Adar wears an armored glove on his left hand, which could hide the hand that was burned by a Silmaril. Now, Adar can't be Maethros, even if he did survive his one-way trip into a fiery chasm, because Maethros lost his right hand after Morgoth chained him to the side of his evil fortress, Thangorodrim. And besides, we know that he definitely isn't Sauron. You're Sauron, are you not? Now, another reason that Adar probably isn't this mystery elf in the legend is because they were described as having a heart as pure as Manwë, the king of the godlike Valar. Maglor can be considered to be as bad and troublesome as the rest of his brothers, not exactly someone you describe as being pure of heart. There is another suspect, though, one who's both near and dear to one of our main characters. I'm talking about Finrod. When Finrod died, he was judged to be so good that he was actually allowed to return to life in Valinor to live with his father Finarfin and his love Amarie. He was also noted to have journeyed eastward, hence why he was the first elf that men encountered. So it's not impossible for him to have also journeyed to the Misty Mountains as well. Now, if Finrod's light is what ultimately helped create Mithril, it creates a nice poetic way for Galadriel to reunite with her dearly departed brother. At the start of the series, we see Sauron's mark etched into Finrod's corpse. Galadriel takes his dagger and goes full Gigachadriel on a one-woman vengeance quest. But later, in the lore of Lord of the Rings, we see that her ring Nenya is made of Mithril. And if her beloved brother helped create this magical material, that would let them have a family reunion of sorts. One not steeped in bloodshed and vengeance, but rather of protection and balance. And that's something that she desperately needs in her life right now. Why do you keep fighting? Because I cannot stop. 
and this would create a deeper connection to not just Galadriel, but the Noldor elves in general. If one of their own fought desperately against the darkness to create the tool they apparently need to stand against evil right now. Besides, with Sauron's Black Blade serving as the key to enslaving the people of the Southlands and engulfing the world in darkness, the forces of good will need something just as powerful to stand against it. Finrod gave his life to stop the forces of darkness, and now his light could live on in this next generation of elven warriors. Now, as for the Balrog in this myth, could it potentially be the same Balrog we see in one of the trailers? Could it be Durin's Bane? It certainly seems like the Rings of Power are advancing the timeline on the dwarves' discovery of a Balrog in the depths of their mine in Khazad-dûm. If a Balrog was involved in the creation of Mithril in the first place, it makes sense why it might make its dwelling place among this precious material, especially if it contains its essence. It could also possibly be what caused that mine collapse back in episode 3, but we'll just have to wait and see if this particular theory comes to pass. You shall not pass! Anyway, folks, there you have it. Those are our best theories about the deeper significance of the Song of the Roots of the Hithyglir and the real reason the elves need Mithril. If you're wondering about other aspects of this week's episode, like those weird white-robed priests hunting down the stranger, well, we have plenty of other deep dives for you over on Nerdist.com in the meantime. For now, though, tell us, what did you think of this week's episode? What do you think of our theory? You made it up, didn't you? Let us know in the comments below, and for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, make sure you stay tuned to Nerdist.com. Thank <laughs> you.